Here at Durham Community Action, we spoke to Liam Weatherill from Wheels to Work County Durham about how the advice and support they received from DCA helped them to secure funding for their organisation. Here is what Liam had to say. We're an organisation that provides transport for people who've been offered an opportunity of employment or training. But the big problem they've got is, before they can accept that opportunity, they need to know that they can get there. In a lot of cases, they can't. So they'll come to us and ask if they can get transport from us. We also do a a bicycle scheme as well. So they're the two kind of uh, modes of transport that we provide. The scheme is specifically for people who live in County Durham. Durham County Council, for example, are one of our main funders around this, so we are kind of boundaried on it. As long as they live in County Durham, as long as they've got that confirmed offer of employment or training, and also that, that they have a difficulty in getting there, we need to know that that's actually the case, so we, we check that out. And the other thing, because these vehicles tend to be quite expensive pieces of kit, we need to know that when they're not being driven to and from work or training, that they're kept safely and securely in some you know, appropriate location. So effectively, as long as we have those things in place, then somebody can actually come under the scheme. And we do have age limit. The age limit's got to be 17 plus. They must have a provisional or a full driving licence. And the most important thing for us is that we're part of the solution to getting them into work. And what advice and training have you received from Durham Community Action? The great thing about being involved with Durham Community Action, so in this role particularly, I needed to know what was out there funding-wise to support the organisation. It had been seen since its inception in 2016 that it was a council-run programme. Initially, that's where it came from, but the people who were involved with it decided to set up a charitable and corporate organisation to actually continue the good works from what had been a council-funded pilot, and that was set up. And even though the county council are a major stakeholder in the outcomes of what we provide, which is obviously about getting people into work, they wanted to see a wider kind of influx of funding from different streams. There are other stakeholders out there that, again, align with the outcomes that we provide. So the great thing for me was I come to Durham Community Action and you had all of these workshops in place where we were talking directly to the funders. And for me, that's invaluable because what you need to be able to do, as much as identify um, who's going to fund you, is who is not. Putting in effort, trying to secure funds from somebody from an organisation, sorry, that doesn't really align with what you're trying to do. And you're not going to be able to provide the outcomes that they want to meet their criteria. That's as important. But on the positive side of things, actually being able to ask the questions of funders. I mean, a particular question that I asked of County Durham Foundation, for example, is, you know, I'm looking for funding for an amount of money for one person, where other organisations would be looking for an amount of money for lots of people. You know, one person for six months for us, or it might be one big event for 600 people for another organisation, you know, who's going to be more favoured if, if it was a, a one-against-one situation? So, and obviously, rightly, they said every application is taken on its own merits. But for me to kind of understand that and know that, it's very important. Also, the, the variety of the funders as well, of the workshops. You know, so, for example, I was in the Greg's workshop, and it was quite interesting to hear the impact that COVID had on, the, on people applying to them, and the fact that where before they might have been able to fund one in five applications, it had now turned to a situation where they were only able to fund one in ten. And that wasn't because of the amount of money they had, but because of the amount of applications they were receiving from a wide range of organisations. So yes, I've been totally delighted. I signed up for every single workshop that uh, was provided. And the great thing for me as well is I got funding 
from a, from a number of these organisations. Brilliant. And can you tell me a bit more about the funding journey, like what you went through and how you found it? I found from a kind of an early kind of age within funding that doing the tried and tested things all the time may give you a certain amount of you know, success, but sometimes trying to look in different areas and looking for people who could be stakeholders or align with your outcomes is a very important thing to consider. And as I went through work for different voluntary organisations, I tried to put that in play. And one of my recent roles was I did a lot of work with companies around their corporate social responsibility and tapped into what they wanted to be able to do to support communities or particular themes and be able to kind of create a story that would meet the kind of things that they wanted to do and wanted to support. Because sometimes a lot of companies and different organisations would like to do something and support the voluntary sector or particular charities. They just don't know how to do it. So if you can go to them with an off-the-shelf, this is what you do, I've had a, a lot of success with that. So coming forward into my current role, I've done that with the Pullman Group. So Pullman, they're a big local northeast company that sell cars in the area. And it's quite an interesting story. I was looking to buy some electric scooters from funding I'd received from Believe Housing initially, um, but also from the Net Zero team with Durham County Council and also Benicia Homes. And I'd applied to all these different organisations because I felt that what they wanted to do with their tenants aligned with what we wanted to do. That's for the housing organisations and for the Net Zero team. They were very interested in having zero emission transport on the roads. So I wanted to replace some of the petrol vehicles I have in my, petrol scooters I have in my fleet with zero emission electric scooters. So I secured the funding, was talking to suppliers around the UK. I couldn't find anybody in the northeast. And my car, when I was driving around, showed an engine warning light. I drove into Pullman, at Belmont, in Durham. And I walked in, and neither, gar- neither cafe area was an electric scooter. Last thing I expected to see when I walked in there, and I spoke to the girl on reception, I said, what's the story with the electric scooter? And she said, oh, we've worked very closely with SEAT in Spain. SEAT were looking to get electric scooters into the UK, be part of their market. So I left, went to my office, and tried to find the person in Pullman to talk to about potentially being a fleet sponsor and supplying us with electric scooters. I had a conversation with the fleet manager who straight away saw the synergy between the two organisations, an opportunity for them. They wanted to support the local community, especially about us getting people into employment and training. At the same time, they could supply the scooters we required at a heavily, heavily discounted price, then come on board also with our uh, be our fleet sponsor and look to for them to promote us in their circles, for us to promote them in our circles, and also bring our other partners like the social landlords, with all of the tenants they've got all over the northeast, and be able to put out the fact that we were working with Pullman, Pullman working with us, Believer working with us, and all the different organisations are working with us, ultimately for the common good of getting people into work. At Durham Community Action, we offer free online community development workshops to assist groups to manage their organisations effectively, including how to complete a funding application. Here is our Community Development Officer, Tracy, to tell us more. We have a series of community development workshops. They're themed around regularly asked questions and inquiries that we receive at DCA. Um, They're practical online workshops, and the whole idea is to support 
staff volunteers um, to help develop their skills and knowledge around a variety of topics, all of which are about managing their organisations. They include things like how to fill in a funding application, producing a safeguarding policy, um, trustees understanding what good governance is, how to engage with the community, managing risk, topics like that. So things that's really key to running a successful voluntary organisation. What would be the next steps for organisations after they've received training? So we would hope that once people have attended our training sessions, A, that they'd be more engaged with us so they know that we've got that we cannot, you know, we can always offer support and advice going forward, but more importantly that they feel more comfortable, more confident about implementing that policy or writing that funding application and have a greater understanding of their legal responsibilities around what it is to manage a voluntary sector organisation. We also spoke to our community development officer Susan about her advice for professional fundraising. Susan, with over 30 years' experience in the voluntary and community sector, what have you learned from your experience of funding? If you're going to start fundraising, you've got to be prepared to fail and not to take that too personally. At the moment, I think statistics show that only about one in ten applications will be successful. Have a thick skin and don't be cut off by that. You can try and counteract that by having a fundraising strategy. A fundraising strategy should sit under your vision and your business plan or your action plan of what you're trying to achieve in the next 12 months. And you can spread the risk by not being reliant on one funder. The other thing to say is think about your timescales. Some funders aren't open all year round. You know, if they're not going to open for months, apply to somebody else and save them for a, for a rainy day or later in, in the year. If you're going to start applying to more funders, then track your progress and your responses. Was it successful? Did you receive the money? What response did you get? And learn from your success and learn from your failures. And don't be afraid of going back to a funder and asking why you weren't successful. There's a, a lot of information that you can learn from the ones that weren't successful. And also, which ones are being successful, which ones some funders, you're going to really meet their criteria, they're going to really buy into what you're doing. So, you know, stick with the ones that like you, and some of them are quite happy for you to go to them year after year after year, provided you're demonstrating that you've learned from, you know, what you've done, that you've evaluated it correctly. So the other thing to say is I always explain fundraising as a little bit like getting money off your auntie. And I like someone to say thank you, otherwise you feel a little bit unappreciated. So involve your funders in what you're doing. If you're having an open day, make sure you invite them. If you've got Facebook, make sure that posts say thank you. And say thank you as often as you possibly can. Put funders in your annual report. Put logos on um, posters that you put up. Make sure that people that use the services know where the money came from. Another thing that I've learned, I think, is to try not to do it all yourself. So create a team, create a subgroup, um, people that will read your bids for you, people that will do research and, and read who, who's got funding available so that it's not one person that's left uh, doing all the work. I've talked a lot there about grant fundraising. If you're going to spend time, so an investment of your time, the biggest return on the investment of your time 
is a client do a trust fundraiser. So you could sit down in an afternoon, write a bid to awards for all, and successfully achieve £10,000. That's great. If you're going to run an event, you might make £500, and it will take you weeks to set up, and you have to give up your weekend to run it, and it takes a considerable amount of time and effort. The thing is, every different method of fundraising has different reasons for doing it. So yes, the grants and the trust are very important, but there's other types, and the method very much depends on your charity. So for example, you could do, as I've just mentioned, their events. Animal charities are very good at raising money from legacies. Crowdfunding can be really, really good way of making money, and there is charities who will match what we raise there. There's bigger charities can run their own lotteries. Smaller charities can do their own raffles. Street collections, which have made thousands of pounds. There is opportunities to get major donors or individual givers. So all I would say is when you put together your fundraising strategy, don't just think about putting the grants and trusts down. And the last thing I would want to say is really just good luck to everybody with the fundraising because, you know, it's a difficult environment at the minute, but there is still plenty of money out there. You just need to make sure that you have a little bit of a plan, you get all the right training and advice, and then you'll learn by doing it. If you're looking to join one of our community development workshops in the future or need some advice and support from DCA, here is Tracy to tell us how you can find out more information. Workshops are on a rolling programme, so dates are available during this month of November all the way through to May of 2023. Their details are on the website and Tara, who is our, our training specialist, her information is on there to contact directly if people would like to have a chat about the content or what they would like in terms of training and development. But obviously the rest of the team information contact details are on the website as well. As community development officers, we sometimes are that first point of contact for organisations to get in touch to discuss their needs. We can link them up with the relevant member of the team. You can access our website by visiting durhamcommunityaction.org.uk and email info at durhamcommunityaction.org.uk to contact us about an inquiry.